When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. The Zone. From her mouth to the field's ears. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a finally Friday morning, and I'll tell you what the weather forecast looks like. We're going to be able to continue to move forward with field activities. Today, sunshine in 67. Tomorrow, partly sunny in 68. Sunday, partly sunny in 64. Monday and Tuesday, dry and in the mid-60s. That is a great outlook as far as weather is concerned. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist, of course, going to be catching up with the details in about 15 minutes. The market is focused in on weather as well. Not our weather, but what's going on behind Hurricane Ian as it moves across the East Coast. We'll give you the latest on that and how the markets are reacting. Also, Dane County taking another step forward trying to help farmers uh, eliminate winter spreading of manure. I talked about it with Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi. We'll get a snapshot of the plan he's got for 2023 and beyond. And Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin recognizing that the harvest is about to happen. And although we have averted a railroad strike already, she said that's not good enough. She wants to make sure the railroad's held accountable for making sure that rail cars, rail staff, rail lines are available, especially at critical times like the harvest. You'll hear her game plan as well as we get rolling on a Friday morning. Glad you're with us. I'm Pam Yonke. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin, then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. BioVet in Barneveld offers industry-leading direct-fed microbials and supplements to help your livestock be healthier, more productive, and profitable. Join Pam Yonke at World Dairy Expo on October 5th at 1.30 in booth 1503 in the Exhibition Hall and visit bio-vet.com to learn more. Dairy Metrics is back. Generate benchmarks with real-time data on more than 9,000 herds and 2 million cows. Dairy Records Management Systems and Pam will be broadcasting from inside the Coliseum at booth 37 on Wednesday, October 5th at World Dairy Expo. Learn more about Dairy Records Management Systems at drms.org. Most of the crop reports we hear now are what's going on with the corn and soybean harvest, and they seem to be moving along fine for corn silage and early soybeans. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, but uh, one crop we don't get a lot about, and we probably should get more because Wisconsin is far and away the largest grower of every state, and cranberries, even across the world, were the largest grower. And Stephanie, that harvest, that beautiful harvest is also underway, isn't it? Or will be soon, at least. It is underway, Bob. And the berries coming off the vine at the start of the harvest were actually pretty pale, um, pale pink. But that'll change now that the temperatures are starting to fall. And there is still use for those white or pink cranberries. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I went to Habelman Brothers Company in Toma. They are a fresh market grower, so the harvest may look a little different than what you've seen before. For example, the bogs are not fully flooded and the cranberries aren't all floating on the top. CEO Ray Habelman explains how he harvests his berries, and he also tells me what he expects this year in terms of yield. 
We're a little different because we're fresh cranberry growers. Uh, so our harvest technique is a lot different. We use less water. Um, only about three, four percent of the cranberry growers in North America are fresh growers like we are. Um, it's more labor intensive and we use different equipment and we use a lot less water. Um, and because of all those factors, it takes us a while too. So our harvest will last at least seven weeks where most cranberry growers are done in four or five days. Yeah. Well, why go through all the trouble then? What is it about your technique for fresh berries that you know requires uh, something a little different? Mm -hmm. uh, so the fresh berry we package for stores and thanks for Thanksgiving and Christmas time. So it has to be very high quality. Um, if you want a high quality cranberry, you have to treat it gently. That's why our harvest technique is different. Uh, we use different equipment that gently pulls the cranberry off the vine versus a process grower, which would use equipment that knocks it off. So we gently remove the cranberry, we dry off the surface water, and then we put them in our storage coolers for long-term storage until the store needs them. Let's reflect on the months leading up to the harvest, uh, starting with the spring when the cranberry first comes out of dormancy. How was the growing season for you? The growing season was great. It was a nice um, summer. It was kind of dry, which we like to see dry summers because we can add um, irrigation water to them as, as they need it. Um, coming out of the ice, they didn't look great, but they sure caught up in a hurry. So they were a week and a half or two weeks behind most of the spring and summer. Um, but then they caught up. Uh, they're a little bit behind now, but they're getting there. So it was a great growing season for cranberries. People need to understand too, though, when a, your cranberries are behind, it doesn't mean you can delay harvest because you're kind of you have a deadline <laughs> there too. So tell me why that is. Right, being in Wisconsin, it can get really cold towards the end of October and early November. So when we start harvest, we always have a deadline in sight of November first or second. Uh, we use water for our harvest, and we cannot have ice. So. We have to start and get them done and get them in our cooler before winter sets in. I want to talk about pests and disease. Did you see any pressure on your cranberries? We saw very little pest pressure this year. Um, even though the growing temps were nice and warm and it was humid most of the summer, we did not have a lot of bugs, which is great. We do a spring flood where we flood all of the cranberry beds with water to kill most of the pests. That's in May and we had really, really good control from that spring flood, and I think that helped. Yeah. Again, I wanna go back to the labor intensity that you, you spoke of that harvest entails. Was it difficult at all for you to get a workforce? That's kind of the conversation we've been having since the pandemic really was labor shortages. Yeah, it's hard, and it's getting more difficult every year. Um, we have 30 full-time employees, but we need a couple hundred employees right now to get the fruit into the um, coolers and get packed. So we are having difficulty, but for now uh, we're doing okay. And uh, we may have to slow down a little bit on, um, on occasion just because of lack of labor, but we'll get through them. Well, and even you and I were chatting earlier in the, in the packaging uh, facility, you're running at three quarters the amount you normally would. I would say three quarters is uh, really accurate. So as the season progresses, we'll keep trying to get more employees to get up to full staff, um, but it might take a while to get there, if we ever get there. How do you recruit? Is there a secret to it, or are you offering any kind of incentives uh, to get people through the door? Um, so we start advertising back in August that we need help, and we do it over the radio, um, print ads and magazines and newspapers, and online. We have a pretty decent bonus structure that we 
talk to the employees about that helps. We did have to increase all of our starting wages by $2 an hour this year just to try to get some interest in people coming. Um, so yeah, we start really early in the summer trying to recruit for, for the fall harvest. Seven weeks is about your timeline for roughly 700 acres of, of cranberries. Do you project to, to get done on time? Tell me, is there anything, any, any complications that you'd be worried about that would you know make harvest a little difficult? Yep. The biggest complication is Mother Nature, and sometimes it can get really cold even in early October. So if it gets really cold, we have to shut down harvest during the day because there's too much ice in the cranberry vines, and we cannot run them through our dryer. Um, so that's the biggest one is the cold. It's a fine line because you also need those cold temperatures to help the, the berries ripen. Explain to people the science behind that. Sure. Um, you know, the cranberries will ripen on their own, but a little bump start with some cold weather makes a huge difference. So we're looking at, hopefully we'll get some nights where it gets down in the 20s, and that will take a lot of those cranberries that are just kind of pink or starting to turn red, and it'll kind of jump start them and get them nice and dark. Yeah. I didn't know this until I visited your facility. There is a use for any color of cranberry, and just maybe in a different area. Uh, we were walking through today and the early harvest, some of those cranberries are pretty pale. Where do they go? Right, so our first week of harvest, we're always fighting with some cranberries that might be a little bit too light colored. Um, so we will separate those out of the rest of the cranberries and send them to a freezer and then a customer will most likely make a concentrate out of them, mix them with a bunch of darker cranberries to get just the right color cranberry juice. And it's normally the northwestern part of the U.S. that, that needs those lighter colors to balance out their own berries. Yeah, they have some really dark cranberries up in Washington and Oregon, so they like our uh, lighter colored fruit so they can mix it to make their juice. Are yours ever declared as too dark? Um, not typically. Even later in the season when we're harvesting into almost November, um, they don't get too dark in Wisconsin. Does that change the flavor at all? Or is it just a preference on that perfect red color? Yeah, it's really about the color. The flavor does not change a lot from a lighter colored berry to a darker one. Um, even between the varieties, the, the, the taste does not differ a lot. Looking at, ahead again, when harvest is all said and done, any projections? Was this a bumper crop this year? Uh, what is yield looking like? So last year we had one of the smallest crops we've ever had in the history of our company. And a lot of the state also had some pretty small crops. So this year our um, yield is about average to maybe a little above average, but it feels way better than that just because last year was so poor. Um, so I think Wisconsin is going to have about an average crop to a little bit above average. And there you have it from Ray Habelman, everything you need to know about the cranberry harvest thus far. Ray is the CEO of Habelman Brothers Company in Toma. They grow berries for the fresh market, as he explained, so his crew's harvest looks a little different than those harvesting for juice or the sweet and dried cranberry market. If you're curious, I've got pictures for you. Just check out Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. You can search Toma or Habelman on that page, and it'll be the first post to come up. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you looking for something special? Something right for your needs? What about something with performance backed by unique germplasm? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soilmate. 
with Agrigold. Enjoy a seed made so specifically for your soil, it feels like fate. And with a team that's with you every step of the way, it's never been easier. Find your soil mate at chooseagrigold.com. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. I hear too many stories of people being held hostage through a three-hour window appointment and pressured to sign now for a project that's worth a small fortune. At Window World, we take as much or as little time as you have and provide a clear, easy-to-read estimate right on the spot. Don't think your window project is out of reach because some companies ruined your experience. Call the best value in your area. Window World. Call Window World. You'll be glad you did. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman forever ready electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working forever ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever ready. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a finally Friday morning, time to talk weather. Brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial, our ag weather sponsor this morning. Stu Muck along with us and i tell you what, honestly I almost feel a little guilty about the weather that we're rolling into for the weekend considering the chaos that a lot of people are living through in Florida and now towards the eastern coast, huh? Yeah, I can I can agree with you there. We've got it so very nice, and they're going to have so much storminess and so much damage. Hopefully, uh, a lot of lives aren't taken and people are smart about it. But we have a pretty peaceful spell here in our part of the Midwest. It has a lot to do with a high-pressure system sliding further east and lower Michigan, but it's just that will assure us of some very dry conditions. Well, there are some sprinkles this morning, very light rain scattering from southwest into east central Minnesota, far northwest Wisconsin. A few sprinkles may slip through Wisconsin here as we start into the weekend. Don't expect much more than that, but just a little bit of light rain a possibility. Otherwise, we are going to stay dry. We'll see some moderation warming up today and even tomorrow. Yes, a little fogginess in a few spots this morning. Could be some patchy fog tomorrow morning just to be a little different. But otherwise, we stay dry and very pleasant. Above normal temperatures up into the upper 60s. It could be a 70 at La Crosse, which is normal right now. So that sounds great. I don't expect too many big changes either. In fact, it's not until into next week when a very small chance of light rain does try to develop something that could be around toward midweek, about Wednesday, maybe late Tuesday night as it's going. But that's about the extent of it. No major storms, no big rainfalls. That means we keep some of that mud a a little bit more at a minimum. Certainly good news is we continue to push on with harvest. We don't need to add any extra moisture right now. And it certainly will help with drying. 
when we're not adding additional moisture from rain. Not too breezy. That's uh, okay. Keeps it comfortable. Maybe it would dry a little better with more breeze, but we'll take what we get. And this still sounds like a very workable pattern right through the end of this week and right on into next week. We're done with a lot of that freeze and frost talks. Uh, some cooler temperatures still this morning. I did see Watoma was down at about 33 degrees. They're right there in the cool spot. And a little patchy frost this morning at Mauston expected as well. But otherwise, we do warm it up heading right on into the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin, then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Matters of fact, uh, congratulations to Tim from Beaver Dam. He is our September rainfall report winner. He'll pick up that uh, weather station courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Not much in the way of rainfall reporting coming our way this weekend, huh, Stu? No, not really. You may be able to talk about a sprinkle here or there, but that would be it. Otherwise, we are really in for some nice conditions. A little patchy fog here and there this morning. A little frosty at Mauston. Otherwise, I expect a nice sunny Friday. And temps in the mid-60s, maybe about 68 or so at La Crosse. Warming up there, southeast winds will be around 5. We stay clear overnight. Maybe some fog late. Low 40s, east winds at 5. Morning fog, and again, a mostly sunny Saturday. Very fine, upper 60s. Here's where I think La Crosse will see 70 on Saturday. Winds become northeast in the day, though, about 5 to 10. That little bit of a wind shift makes a difference. Come Sunday, mostly sunny, mid-60s for highs, with the northeast wind about 5 to 10. Not expect those mid and upper 60s right into early next week, Pam, along with a lot of sunshine and not a great deal of breeze. Just sounds really pleasant. Have you noticed anything that caught your eye about this Hurricane Ian? I'm just starting to do a little reconnaissance work on what it did to Iowa, or, uh, Florida agriculture and now swinging up the East Coast. What caught your attention? Well, how many have gone right across the peninsula like that? Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I that kind of stuck in my head when I heard it was going to do that and see it going right across the peninsula and heading up the East Coast and turning back toward the Carolinas. That's a, that's a really impressive storm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, we just hope that it doesn't goof up too much in the way of shipping or, of course, those farmers down there, livestock, crops, whatever, doesn't look like it uh, discriminated against anything. 
No, no. No, mm-hmm. they all got hit. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. We'll catch up with you on Monday. Absolutely. See you then. Stumach is our ag meteorologist with weather details you're looking for on a Friday. And again, uh, like we said, uh, trying to do our best to keep up to speed on the damage that's already been done by Hurricane Ian to those poor folks that are in Florida. I'll be following up on agriculture, and now we'll see what happens along the East Coast. And like I said, again, congratulations to Tim C. from Beaver Dam. He's our rainfall report winner. Brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Your next job could be as close as seven miles south of Madison. Tructi LLC in Oregon is growing and are now hiring in all areas, including builders, electricians, and electrical engineers, to name a few. You'll work at the same place every day. Schedules are flexible, pay scale is attractive, and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Plus, a huge advantage of being closer to work and saving on gas. Apply in person or online at T-R-A-C-H-T-E-U-S-A.com. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French-style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flaps. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. The busy harvest season creates tremendous stress for farmers, workers, and families. This is John Shutsky, Farm Safety Specialist with the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Because of the heavy dependence on changing conditions, farming is recognized as one of the most stressful occupations in America. It's also one of the most dangerous. During the harvest rush, take time for yourself. You'll be better prepared to handle the crunch time stress if you fuel your body. Eat breakfast and strive for balance when you take those important breaks for lunch and dinner. While it's easy to feel rushed, get plenty of quality sleep. Take time for your family and your friends because one of the best ways to deal with the stress of farming is to talk openly with those who are closest to you. It's also smart to take a little bit of time every week, like on a Sunday afternoon, to think about and plan your week ahead. Write down the critical tasks and goals that you have and plan for the upcoming weather, family activities, and taking care of yourself. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin. 
Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Neil Armstrong or Louis Armstrong? Roberto Clemente or Walter Cronkite? Rosa Parks or Sally Ride? You're the right age to do something you can be remembered for. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or beyond, any age is the right age to donate the gift of life. Learn how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. With the mental health world opening up to a new day, this year's NAMI Walks Dane County promises to take our movement to the next level. NAMI Walks is coming our way on Saturday, October 8th at Olin Turville Park in Madison. This annual walk is where we raise funds, amplify awareness, and further strengthen our community. Join us as together we move closer and closer to mental health for all on Saturday, October 8th. Register now at namiwalks.org slash Dane County. Six Super Bowl rings in, in this era, guys, of you know, free agency and salary cap, and you're you're turning over a third of the roster. You know, every single year. Um, I mean, I get it. He's he had the all-time greatest winning quarterback in in his back pocket for 20 of those years, and and that you know, and and, and things have not gone swimmingly since since Tom Brady left. And um, I'm I'm not sure they had any type of succession plan in place to to move on from Brady, and you know they. They rolled the dice, obviously, on Mac Jones, and we're waiting to see on that. I'd, I'd say it's been okay, not great by any means. And, um, yeah, you, you, you know, Packer Nation's going to see Hoyer come come Sunday, Evo. Um, you know, everybody around Madison certainly remembers his days back at Michigan State, you know, 15, 16, 18, 18 years ago when he played in there in the mid-80s, or I'm sorry, the mid-2000s. And, um, you know, an undrafted guy, but, you know, surprisingly, Evo, this, this guy's got a winning record as a starting quarterback. And, and I know a lot of it's been done with a great football team behind him. And, and this is not a great new England team by any stretch of the imagination, but, but I think Hoyer has won about 55, 56% of his games, Evo, and he has like 75 career starts, which, which shocked me the other day when, when I went and looked up that number that he, that he's actually started that many, uh, NFL games, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, it'll it'll be a drop off. Vegas clearly didn't think it was that big of a drop off. They only moved the the line of point when uh, we when we learned it went from Mac Jones to, to Brian Hoyer. I mean, either way, you're looking at a Packer team that that's a 10, 11 point favorite when when the dust settles come Sunday, and it, it, it's a game they they clearly should win. But um, you know, you, you certainly saw again in the second half down in Tampa. There's 
there, there's still some real warts with this Packer team, and, and they've got to get them figured out so, primarily on the offensive side of the football, Evo. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Robbie. How much did we learn from that win down in Raymond James Field against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, that offense was absolutely humming to start the game, and the defense and special teams is what won them for him. Uh, Rob, is it is it a Matt LaFleur adjusting problem? Is it an Aaron Rodgers problem? Like, what is the, what's up with the offense? Well, it's probably a combination of the two, but I would still pin more of it on, on Matt LaFleur because you know the, the you know when when you are the head coach of a football team everything falls under your umbrella and that that's where it starts and you know Rodgers Rodgers has always played extremely well when things are on script especially at the start of the game Ebo and and Matt LaFleur has coached that way too you you've seen their offense several times in the LaFleur era come out come out humming and then stumble in the second half and 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 they're really stumbling this year for whatever reason Ebo they They've played three football games so far, and they have 10 points in the second half. Yeah, that's tough. Um, that's tough. You know, at that 3.3 points a game. Now, they're only averaging 16 points a game the way it is. But I'll, I'll tell you what, guys, you know, you, you, you they've scored 48 points in, in three games. You take away that second quarter against the Bears when they had 21. I mean, that, that's almost half of their point total for the season in one quarter there that they scored against Chicago. So, I mean, we all talked all through the off season guys, every time we would do this on a Thursday and all through training camp. And we said this offense probably would struggle early in the year. And it was going to be a work in progress. And, and it, it, it might look tremendous. Now, obviously Packer nation is crossing their fingers on this one, but I mean, I, I, I would guess Evo, it's going to look dramatically better come November and December than it, yeah. than it looks today as Rogers gets more in sync with these young wide receivers specifically. But um, you know, right now, this is the blueprint for them to win football games. I mean, they're scoring Evo right now, 16 points a game. They're allowing 15. We, we said it was going to be an elite level defense. The offense was going to struggle. I didn't think it was going to struggle quite to this level. Evo. I think they're 27th in the league right now in points. I mean, you've, you've got to go back to the Randy Wright era to find a time or, or the, or the year right before Favre got there when Mikowski was injured in 91 when, when they were 27th in the league in points. Um, they're not going to stay there, I, I wouldn't guess, when it's all said and done, Evo. But, but again, I, I, I don't know that, at the, you know, at the end of the day that this is an offense that's going to get, you know, a much higher than 15th, 18th, 20th in a lot of these key statistical categories. They're, an, they're, they're a team that's going to win, and, and we've said this all along, defense first. Um, that was that 14-12 game the other day, um, I, I had a lot of people whine and complain to me that they didn't find it very interesting. I, I, loved I loved it. it. I, I, loved I, it. I, I love a game like that, blood and guts and old school, and you know points are at a premium. And when Green Bay gets a touchdown oh. early in that game, you know you you know just how vital and critical that that's going to wind up being. And in the grand scheme of things, unlike some of these 44-41 games you'll see around the league, and 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 that that's just I, I think at least for the next month or so, Ebo, that's probably how Packer football is going to look. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, and this weather is going to have a lot of tractors rolling across the state of Wisconsin. Always remember, safety first. And please, if you're sharing the roadway with those tractors, exercise caution on your side of the margin, too. And make sure you're giving yourself a little extra time. Sunshine today and 67. Sunshine tomorrow, 68. Sunshine on Sunday, 64 degrees. Even the beginning of next week. Sunshine and dry with temperatures in the mid to upper 60s. I'm PM Yankee. Really glad you're along with us on this finally Friday morning. We're talking with uh, Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi about his 2023 plan to continue working with farmers in Dane County on managing nutrients 
especially in the winter months. He's got a pretty big plan he wants to share coming up in just a moment. So today is the 30th day of September. Bye-bye, September. And let's stay just with Wisconsin highlights. On this day back in 1859, Abraham Lincoln spoke at the Wisconsin State Fair, and he tried to connect agriculture to education. He said, quote, Every blade of grass is a study, and to produce two where there was but one is both a profit and a pleasure, end quote. Abraham Lincoln at the Wisconsin State Fair this day back in 1859. In 1861, he won the presidential election. On this day in 1882, the first hydroelectric power plant opened in Appleton, and that hydroelectric power plant generated enough electricity to run two paper mills and a home. And on this day back in 1891, for those of you that may have traveled, the Devil's Island Lighthouse was lit for the very first time. Devil's Island Lighthouse near Bayfield lit on the very first time this day back in 1891. And now you know. All right, we want you to know that the closer we get to harvest, the more concerned Wisconsin farmers are about their transportation arteries. We don't know what Hurricane Ian has done to our transportation arteries in the Gulf. But what we do know is here in Wisconsin, we rely on the Mississippi River, our semis, and the rail lines. We just recently averted a railroad strike, but that's not good enough for Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin. She wants more certainty that the railroads are going to deliver when we need them. So she's introduced the Reliable Rail Service Act. It was introduced just this week. I talked to her about it yesterday and asked her to highlight some of the points she hopes will make it through the lame duck session. The Surface Transportation Board would have to look at the impact of reduction or changes in the frequency of transportation service, uh, the availability and maintenance of reasonable local service schedules and delivery windows, the impacts of reduction uh, on employment levels, the impacts of reduction um, in equipment, and whether the service reasonably meets the local operational and service requirements of the requester, i.e. the shipper. Those are all much more granular than um, just unreasonable requests. Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin talking about her Reliable Rail Service Act introduced this week. And like I said, she's optimistic with this kind of content that it might actually get some action in the lame duck session. Markets coming up. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, building strong farms for a strong future in America's Dairyland. Join them and Pam at World Dairy Expo, Tuesday and Thursday, October 4th and 6th at 1.30 in booth 3403 in the Exhibition Hall. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin at wisconsindairy.org. Join Pam Yonke at World Dairy Expo on opening day, Tuesday, October 4th at 9.30 in booth 3615 in the Exhibition Hall with McFinn Technologies, makers of innovative milk receiving pumps. Visit them at lowshearpumps.com. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. 
Here's a few more farm news headlines that we'll bring to you at MidwestFarmReport.com. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. A major Wood County solar project is now complete, involving 1,200 acres and more than 390,000 solar panels. You can see more at MidwestFarmReport.com. Conversion rate of farmland in Wisconsin is back into the high category. We're also talking about developing homegrown workforce to help in agriculture. And our very first Dairy Athlete of the Month has been named by Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Those are just a few of the stories that you can catch up on at MidwestFarmReport.com. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Markets this morning in overnight electronic trade are actually holding firm. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average is gaining back some of the losses from yesterday. Currently, we've got December corn in Chicago up about a nickel at 674. November soybeans are up six at 1417. December wheat's up nine cents at 905 a bushel. Barrel cheese in Chicago on Thursday gained four and a half to 224 and a half. 40 pound block cheese was down two and a quarter, 196 and three quarters. Double A butter that dropped two cents to 314 and a half per pound. This morning, the October milk contracts currently trading down nine cents, 2185 a hundred weight. November closed 11 cents lower at 2081 a hundred weight. Hey, listen, on Monday, we'll start to give you a preview of World Dairy Expo 2023. I'll be talking with Katie Schmidt, Communications Director, a little bit later this morning. I want to remind you our broadcast partners for World Dairy Expo this year include not only World Dairy Expo, but Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, Dairy Records Management, BioVet, Compeer, as well as Bowfin Technologies. So if you're going to be visiting World Dairy Expo, please do try to find us at any of those broadcast locations throughout the show. Like I said, more details on the show coming up right away on Monday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you looking for something special? Something right for your needs? What about something with performance, backed by unique germplasm? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soilmate. With Agrigold, enjoy a seed made so specifically for your soil, it feels like fate. And with a team that's with you every step of the way, it's never been easier. Find your soilmate at chooseagrigold.com. When it comes to jewelry appraisals, get to know your Denny's jeweler a number of different reasons a person will do appraisals. We just say bring in everything. It's so fun because it's like when somebody brings that stuff in and they're all excited, then they start thinking about it and where it came from, which is priceless. I'm Pete Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. 
I'm Mike Yenser at Wise Wave Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. For a long time, Dane County has tried to be a leader when it comes to innovations in the way that our active farmers engage with the rural community and uh, manure management. Uh, one of those people that's been very aggressive trying to come up with answers, partnership solutions, is Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi. Now, Joe, in the past, Dane County has made headlines for some of the manure digester projects that have started to dot the countryside, started in part by uh, county support and then uh, pivoted after they got going. You are continuing to march down that path of reducing phosphorus runoff and trying to make sure that our lakes remain clean and building community cohesiveness on that plan. Tell me a little bit about where your eye is trained 2023 and beyond. Yeah, thanks, Pam. It's great to be um, checking in with you again. Yeah, we've got some really exciting things on the horizon. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we have great longstanding partnerships with our farm families in, in working to, to reduce runoff and innovative techniques, be it, you know, working on conservation techniques in the fields or looking toward that more high-tech piece, which is you know, the manure digesters. And as you know, as you mentioned, we currently have two manure digesters that we help facilitate the development of. Dane County doesn't own them, but we help get them going and introduce farmers to the, the operators, et cetera. And right now, there are about 10,000 cows uh, manure being processed through digesters in Dane County. Now, when we look at um, the, some of the biggest challenges that we face, it's, you know, how do we one is, how do we remove more phosphorus from the, from the system? Can we process more manure? Um, and B, how do we make a dent in winter spreading? Because as we all know, it's, it's a source of conflict often between neighbors and farmers. Um, it occurs during that time of year, that period from January to March, where we know about 50% of the year's total phosphorus um, load into the lake occurs for the obvious reason that the ground is frozen it rains and there's nowhere else for the manure that was spread in winter to go. So what I'm proposing in my budget um, is a $3 million budget item that would accomplish two major things. It would um, begin a feasibility study um, to, 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 to look at the feasibility of creating a large treatment facility like, you know, like a very big digester system that could accommodate up to 30, the manure from up to 30,000 cows. And the reason that 30,000 number is important is because when you look at the, the 10,000 whose manure is being treated now, and you add the 30,000, that gets us to the number 40,000, which is kind of the magic number that's been identified as the amount of manure that really needs to be treated in the North Mendota watershed um, out of the 60,000 cow, of the 60,000 head, about 40,000 has to be treated um, for us to get that, that, that reduction in phosphorus that we need to make a game-changing impact on our lakes. Now, Joe, there, there are some really solid benefits to this kind of a partnership, this kind of uh, collected area as far as resources. You know, people have to understand it's not just about the manure and the value back on that farmland. You've found other ways to capture ingredients that are marketable off these projects. 
Yeah, so a couple of things this uh, feasibility study will look at. Oh, and I should mention, Pam, that obviously a $3, a $3 million a feasibility study wouldn't cost $3 million, but the other money is set aside to begin um, the, the process of looking for a location. And, have, and so we'd have the ability to purchase some land if we can find the ideal location. Um, but yeah, when we look at the marketability of other projects, that's part of what the feasibility study will look at. I mean, A, we, you know, there will be fertilizer pro, you know, products you know, that, that could come of this. There will be you know, the, 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 the solids that are left over after the anaerobic digestion process. And then in that process, of course, with the digestion, um, that extracts methane gas, which, for which there's a great market right now, both for sale and for um, and renewable energy credits that people can get for producing that. Um, what I'm not sure if you know, folks may or may not know that um, it, when we built a methane processing plant at our landfill a few years ago that extracts the methane from our landfill and cleans it and turns it into um, compressed natural gas that's used for transportation fuel, um, which has been very successful for the county and brings in a lot of money for Dane County. Um, we also invested in an offloading station at the landfill so that farmers who are utilizing digesters, so those digesters can truck in um, so that those digesters can um, do the same extraction and compression of their methane at the site and then truck it into our facility where they have access to the interstate pipeline so that they have a market for that methane. And that's a very that, that's really what makes the economics of the current digesters work is the ability to bring that compressed methane over to our landfill station and sell it. So yeah, so we have we have methane, um, and it's very environmentally sound to be able to you know extract that methane. Um, it's it's good for the environment. It cuts down on on, on greenhouse gas emissions. Um, we have the possibilities of fertilizer. Uh, we have the possibility of things you can do with solids, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, and then, you know, it solves a big manure management problem um, for for many farmers. And so we look at the possibilities, you know, we always try to look at, as you know, Pam, for our from our approach, we don't point fingers. We partner with people to look for solutions. And I think we've been pretty successful so far. And often when you approach things that way, you can find win-win solutions that benefit everyone. So I think there's some exciting potential here. Again, if you're just joining us, this is Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi talking about some plans as far as nutrient management for our Dane County farmers in 2023. You know, the other item that I don't want to overlook, Joe, because it doesn't get as much attention as our dairy operations specifically do, your suck the muck project. Continuing in 2023, that is one of those hidden gems that people don't realize is also causing us issues with regard to algae. And that's been a very successful program. So for folks who aren't familiar with Suck the Muck, um, one of the things we did, you know, a few years back, we started measuring our progress that we were having through some of the partnerships I mentioned with our with our farm families in in, in, you know, in, in having initiatives and, you know, to, to do new practices on the field that reduce phosphorus runoff. And we measure that, you know, we measure to see, you know, how much success we're having. And there was kind of a, a head scratcher. There was a puzzling result in some of the streams where we knew from the, from the, the, the projects that were taking place in the field that there was not as much runoff coming in. So we should have seen reduced levels of phosphorus in the water, but we weren't seeing that. 
So what we did is partnered with some scientists from the DNR, and we did a little digging, literally, into those streams that, um, that, 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 that we were measuring and found that there was already phosphorus in those streams in the form of muck that was decades old and sometimes over 100 years old um, from runoff that had occurred before any of us were born. And it was from runoff that occurred, you know, before a lot of the modern conservation practices were put in place. And, and, and so no matter how good a job we're doing and you know, how good a job our farmers are doing today, there was all this legacy sediment built up in the rivers and sometimes, you know, like six, seven feet deep. So we realized, and then, so that phosphorus would just seep right into the water from underneath the water. So we realized that part of what we had to do to address phosphorus to be comprehensive is go in and remove that sediment that had been lying in there for decades leaching phosphorus. And so we started a few years back, and we call it suck the muck because it's literally sucking the muck right out of there. It's a hydraulic dredger, and it goes in and it vacuums out all of that phosphorus-laden muck. And so you end up with these nice, clear streams. You can, you know, most cases see to the bottom of them. You get to this nice sand and kind of gravel bottom. It's good for fish habitat. And it gives us a fresh start. And we take that muck and we usually get rid of it um, in some very environmentally friendly ways. We've used it for fill, for example, at, at an old mining site and then seeded it over with prairie seeds. And there's a nice prairie there. So then that sequesters that phosphorus because of that thick layer of prairie over it. So when it rains, it's not available to run off anymore. And so when we look at the practices we're doing upstream with our farm families, we have to realize that that's an important piece of this, but it's not all the work we have to do. And so we, we continue that suck the muck work um, every summer and we're making great progress. And it, you know, you're right. It's, I'm, I'm glad. Thanks for mentioning it because it's another exciting initiative that will continue in 2023. One more question for you, Joe. When you took over as Dane County Executive Director, did you ever imagine that you were going to get such an education on manure management and nutrient retention? Hi, <laughs> manure with the best of them now. It's been quite an education, and it's been it's been a lot of fun getting it too. It's it's been great to meet more and more people, and you know, learning is you know just makes life worth living. And what's really exciting is you know we've been able to accomplish so much, and there's there's still more partnerships to be had and more great work that, that I can see being accomplished over the next few years. Well, definitely setting an excellent example that others can watch now going into 2023. That's Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi talking about their nutrient management plan and uh, some of the partnerships that they've established prior to and will continue with in 2023. You can see more details on the Dane County plan on our website now, MidwestFarmReport.com. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Pack Go! This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Landscape Envy? That's what you create when you add Kalani Wash decorative stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for round trees, 